Hello, I'm Alex Davies, founder of Wealth Club, and I'm here today to discuss something I'm sure is weighing on many investors' minds, investing in a recession. I'm joined by Charlie Huggins, manager of the new Wealth Club discretionary share portfolio, due to be launched soon. I first met Charlie 12 years ago when I was a director at the asset management firm Harvey's Lansdowne. Charlie had been buying shares since his teens and after graduating from Oxford with a first in biochemistry, he really wanted to join a graduate trainee programme to become a fund manager. The trouble was Hargreaves Lansdowne didn't offer one at the time. However, I was so impressed by him that I actually created a graduate trainee programme specifically for him. Sure enough, he did end up running a £300 million fund, HL Select UK Growth Shares, and the fund generated a total return of 64.7% during his five-year tenure versus 38.7% for the peer group, ranking at 26 out of 209 funds in the sector. It looks pretty grim out there at the moment, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, the weather looks pretty grim and the economy doesn't look much better at the moment. Um, You know, we've obviously had a very long period of interest rates being low, uh, inflation being low. We then went into a pandemic and governments poured loads of gasoline on the fire. They cut interest rates further. They gave loads of handouts to consumers and businesses. And that seems to have led now to what we're seeing, which is high inflation and interest rates having to go up quite rapidly from a very low base. Uh, And obviously that's hitting consumers and businesses You know, bills are going up everywhere you look. Uh, It's happening globally as well as in the UK. Um, Inflation at these levels is just very difficult for any business or consumer to deal with. So, yeah, 2023 isn't potentially looking like a great year. And how does this uncertainty affect your investment approach? To be honest, it doesn't change too much about my investment approach. Um, I'm naturally pessimistic, as you know. You know, I always expect things to go wrong. uh, And I try and, although I hope for the best, I prepare for the worst. Um, You know, crises and downturns can come at any moment and you have to be prepared. It's very hard to predict these events in advance. You know, no one really saw the pandemic coming. Uh, No one's, well, very few saw the financial crash of 08-09 coming. But you need to invest in highly resilient businesses that are prepared in advance uh, and are able to get through these uh, difficult periods. And what makes a business resilient? Um, I mean, there's several things that contribute to business resilience. I think uh, one thing is providing a good or service that is uh, largely non-discretionary. In my previous role at HL, I I owned a business called Rent-A-Kill, which um, provides pest control. And that's the kind of business that doesn't really fluctuate too much with the economy, um, you know, because pests always need dealing with come what may. And and a lot of the visits that pest technicians make are mandated by regulation. Um, Having a large degree of recurring income is something that is important. Um, So, you know, a software business providing software on on subscription, um, software that's deeply embedded into customers' operations, you know, those sort of businesses have a lot of their revenue already banked and don't need to go out and recruit a number of new customers. So again, tend to be more resilient. Uh, cash flow is absolutely vital. Uh, you need to look for businesses that can generate cash in good times and bad times. They don't need to spend loads of money in order to grow. Um, you know, I know they're doing quite well at the moment, but you look at, say, oil companies. Yes, they're generating cash. The oil price is high, but it's entirely reliant on the oil price. 
Uh, they're not really in control of their own destiny. Added to that, they've got to keep on replenishing their oil fields and investing in sustainable um, technologies. Um, so to me, that's not a very resilient business. Um, and finally, you know, balance sheet is crucial. Um, I, the last thing I want is to invest in a business that needs to come back to equity holders for more money in a downturn. Um, so I'm looking at not only how much leverage and how much debt a business has, but the, the covenants, uh, the refinancing that needs to take place and just how the balance sheet is structured, the maturity of the debt, all these things that, you know, looking for those rock solid balance sheets. So the businesses you're investing in, are they immune to all these economic headwinds? I wouldn't use the word immune. I think it's hard to find businesses that are totally immune to a weak economy. Uh, but what I would say is in the main, I tend to be attracted to businesses that are more resilient and will suffer less than most other businesses. Um, just give you an example, Diageo, I'm sure you've, you've heard of, you know, um, manufactures Guinness, for example, which is one of my favourites. Um, you know, in a downturn, people will trade down um, perhaps from more premium spirits to uh, cheaper brands. Um, maybe they'll go out less. Maybe they'll drink more at home. But in the main, in a downturn, people will still consume alcohol. Uh, and often people will consume more alcohol in a downturn. So that's a business that, while not immune to uh, economic headwinds, tends to be very resilient. So does it rule out investing in cyclical businesses? I'm not, I wouldn't rule out investing in cyclical businesses, um, in more cyclical businesses. There are a few that I do like that are in more cyclical industries. The key thing is to find a business, if it's cyclical, uh, that can weather a downturn, a really harsh downturn, and emerge stronger. Um, during the pandemic, in my previous role at HL, I bought Next, the UK retailer, um, a lot of its shops were closed, its profit was falling, um, share price was falling. Um, but I knew that that was a business that would come out the other side. You know, it had a very strong balance sheet, it had very strong cash flow, had a highly profitable online business that could still operate while its stores were closed. And it was overseen by Lord Wolfson, who is um, an exceptional CEO who, you know, OK, he hasn't dealt with the pandemic before, but he's dealt with many downturns and he's highly experienced. So all of those ingredients led me to believe that Next could emerge stronger from the pandemic, and indeed it did. It's having a tough time recently. Um, the share price has been quite weak recently um, because people are worried about recession, which is what we're talking about. You know, what will 2023 look like for, for a business like Next? It could be quite tough, you know. Its profits could fall, um, you know, could fall quite substantially if we go into a really horrible recession. Um, but again, I believe that that's a business that can emerge stronger. Um, you know, you often find that with the best businesses that they can emerge stronger than the competition. A lot of the competition gets wiped out. We're already seeing a number of retailers really struggling with what's going on. Um, so it all comes back to, you know, where will this business be in five or 10 years? That's the key thing that I'm, I'm looking at. Not so interested in what will the profit be this year. So the key is finding businesses that can emerge from these downturns. It's the businesses that can emerge stronger, you know, um, as I said, especially if you're investing in a more cyclical business. Um, you know, ideally, I want to find businesses that can, when everyone else is hit, slamming the brakes, they can push down on the accelerator. They can maintain investment, maybe even increase investments through a downturn and emerge stronger. So is it all about the numbers? It's not all about the numbers. Um, management and culture is absolutely crucial to finding these businesses that um, can emerge stronger from downturns. Um, you know, the management at the end of the day will be the ones that determine what the balance sheet looks like. Um, and you want management teams that have a degree of conservatism in the way that they run the balance sheet. 
I like to see management teams that are prepared for a downturn and a crisis in advance, uh, that not just reactive to a downturn, that actually know, okay, in a downturn, this is what we would do to make sure the business comes through. Um, businesses that almost you know, hold back in the good times and, um, as I said, push down on the accelerator in the bad times. It's the opposite to the way most companies operate. Um, but those businesses with cultures that are willing to think differently and willing to be you know, counter-cyclical with the way that they operate. Um, and as I said, those that are willing to maintain investment through a downturn. You look at a business like Diageo, which I mentioned earlier, the pandemic wasn't great for Diageo because a lot of bars, well, all of bars were closed, but it still supported its customers and suppliers. It still maintained investments through the downturn and it's emerged stronger out the other side. So a recession is not necessarily something to be feared. I don't fear a recession. Um, I think it depends on the type of businesses that you invest in. As I say, I think you really do need to look for those more resilient businesses that can cope with tougher times. If you do invest in those, uh, and if you have a long-term perspective, a recession isn't necessarily to be feared at all. In fact, during tough times, that's when the best businesses often come to the fore. Uh, competition gets you know, wiped out or, or at least significantly retrenches, and that can lead to opportunities for the best businesses. Uh, the key is being able to ride out those tougher times and to maintain the long-term uh, perspective. Um, and I know that you know things maybe look a bit tough at the moment, but in the long run, global economies will tend to progress. And uh, I think that's the thing to always bear in mind is if you're a long-term investor, you don't want to bet against global economic progress. Charlie, thank you very much. Thank you very much.